Hey, welcome to Grace Point Direct. We're taking a few minutes each week. We'll help you connect deeper into our church. Uh, the goal of this podcast is, is not only to inform and talk about things that's happening in the church, but also just to dig a little deeper into some different topics and issues that we should all find interesting. Uh, we'll be dropping a new episode uh, each week, so make sure you subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so that you'll get notified when that episode hits. Uh, today, we've got episode number two, which is really awesome, in our More Than a Minister series where we'll get to know our staff in a way that maybe you haven't gotten to yet. Uh, this week's guest is one of our longest tenured staff members. Not the longest, but he's one of our longest tenured staff members. Uh, he's worked in several different ministries, including leading our student ministry in the early days, and currently served as our missions navigator. Caleb Gabrelli, welcome to Grace Point Direct, my friend. That was a pretty big introduction. It's a great one. Yeah, like it, one of the one of the oldest ones here, longest. One of the oldest. I said longest tenured. Members. I'm I, not old, as in you're old. <laughs> although that is happening as well. It is. Yeah, yeah. you can tell. You can't some, got some gray it. in my beard. It's coming in nice. Right. So since uh, uh, in the first four episodes here, we've got quite a few of our new staff members uh, on. Uh, so we've been talking about basically what it's like to come on staff uh, over uh, the last year, which is uh, very interesting. Like Emily okay. talked about last episode, uh, coming in not only during COVID, but like the the high time of yeah. kid men, you know. Um, for you, though, you have a little bit different story because you came to Grace Point um, at a time that most, like, maybe most people that are listening to this don't even remember. Um, because like we said, you're so old that, uh, it's been that long. No. So, uh, talk about when, when did you come on staff? Uh, and I'm interested in knowing who hired you. Do you, do you really, do you know, do you know who hired me? I know. I have no idea. It's interesting. You might even, you might not even know the individual that I named that really hired me. So I came on staff. It was, uh, it was the summer of 2010, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, the uh, Pete Finfrock, uh, a guy who him and his family, Grace Point uh, actually supports, who's serving Pete, yeah. in the Middle East. Okay, right. Pete Finfrock was the campus pastor at a okay. church in downtown Rogers as Grace Point was exploring being multi-site. Right. right so, right, right. so Pete was a good friend of mine, and Amanda and I, my wife and I, we we helped him start Grace Point Rogers, mm. and he brought me on staff, super part time, to head up a student ministry and be part of his leadership team. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Pete's an awesome guy. He's been, uh, he, he comes usually once a year. Uh, I mean, we have him in uh, at least once a year to That's speak right. and things. Very dynamic. Um, I love I love when Pete comes in and talks. And it's it's funny. I mean, Grace Point Rogers, that's a term that a lot of people that's, that's listening right. to this podcast so, probably hasn't heard. Probably before. haven't heard. There might be a few people that that's like a blast from the past. Yeah, but blast for from the past. a lot of people, are like, what is that? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, all we can say about that is we very much enjoy where God has our church now. That's so, right. That's right. Um, let's talk about you as an individual because this podcast would not be the podcast that it's intended to be without learning more about Caleb Gabrelli <laughs> in this next 30 minutes or so. Um, so tell us about your family. Uh, we, uh, you know, I'll blow up the uh, surprise. You're married, so I am. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. And so uh, tell us about your family and um, a little bit maybe um, what gets you guys going. What adventures do y'all take? Uh, what's the weekend look like? Stuff like that. Sure. Um, wife Amanda. Um, man, we uh, we have four kiddos. So we have a 17 year old son, Caden. 14 year old son, Tate. And then we've got two little kiddos. Alyssa, our only daughter, mm -hmm. is six and a half. And then mm -hmm. uh, our youngest son, Titus, is about to turn five this, yeah. this spring. 
Um, do, we appear to be like a blended family. Like, I mean, there's <laughs> right. such an age gap from right. the oldest yeah. to that people are like, hey, who was, whose right. kids are the? No, they're they're all our kids. They're all, they're all ours. Uh, yeah. We uh, we thought we were done having kiddos, and um, God had something different in mind, and so right. we started all over. Uh, but a man, I have four kiddos. Uh, we live actually a little bit outside of town, mm-hmm. and so what we love to do. You live out of state. Well, you're right. You live we do. We live out of state. We're in the state of Missouri by a mile and a half <laughs> and uh, feel like we're way out there, but right. about 25 minute drive to the church. But man, I, I'm an outdoors guy. I love hunting and fishing. And it just so happens we're connected to her parents' land where we've yeah. got some room to roam. So nice. we get the kids out playing the woods. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, just have lots a of, good time. Lots of room to stretch your legs and get going. Yep. So like most of most of you guys, extracurriculars probably center around uh, getting out um, on the property I think you do a lot of uh, like log burning. Yeah, isn't that something? Isn't it? So if you want to know what I would do on a weekend, I yeah. would be perfectly happy just going out into the woods. I call it cleaning up the woods. Yeah. All the down trees, limbs. I just like burning them. Yeah. Like fire cleans a lot of stuff up. It really does. And what God kid, made it. What, what kid, especially what boy, right. doesn't want to go out and burn something? I, I have to agree with that. Mm-hmm. That actually sounds very it's, Dude, it's free entertainment. That's true. And That's you're true. and you're you're getting a workout mm-hmm. and you're cleaning something up in the process. I mean, yeah. people are going to start doing this after this podcast. Yes, I agree. It's a it's a Grace Point approved family activities burning <laughs> random logs in the woods. Preferably woods that you own. That's right. I mean, you got to be careful. <laughs> you might want to get permission from the owner. <laughs> the HOA probably is not like super stoked about you burning random uh, bonfires in the neighborhood. But um, let's talk about like where are you from? Yep. Um and the question that uh that we're kind of hinging on is if uh, a kid walks up to young kid Caleb Gabrelli on the playground, uh-huh. uh, who who is that kid encountering, <laughs> and who is that kid meeting? All right, where am I from? Um, man, I'm born and raised Northwest Arkansas, so Bentonville is my home. Uh, that's where my family's at. My parents are still in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, I've got two brothers. I'm a middle child, so older brother. He's married. His family's actually at Grace Point. Younger brother. They're in Northwest Arkansas. He's married his family as well. Aunts, uncles, grandparents. Man, we're all here in Northwest Arkansas. Man, so we've it's seen a family it, tradition. We've seen it go from what it was, right. you know, uh, thirty-eight years ago to what it is now. Wow. Um, but man, if a, if a kid would have walked up to me in grade school in the playground, I probably would have been with my two friends. Mm-hmm. I was not a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. I had my little group of friends, and honestly, that's how I was all the way through high school. Right. I I didn't venture out there. There was some definitely some intimidation from. You're different kind of groups of people, you know, whether it be right. the more athletic group that just focused on athletics or uh, your your kids that were just great with computers and science. Sure. I kind of dipped back and forth, loved sports, played a lot of baseball, but I had two or three good buddies and we just kind of shied away from everyone else and we, right. did, our, we did our thing. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so. You have um, a little bit of this uh, being able probably to enjoy multiple aspects of growing up, right? Like with the sports and uh, having some friends and things like that. Um, Let's talk about getting into young adulthood yourself Mm -hmm. as a teenager, uh, your relationship with church. Um, So when did church, did church even, was church even important to you? Was it something that was a part of your life? Um, And then also kind of move into um, you know, first job and, and as you become a young adult, uh, what was life like? Sure. So I'll back up even just a little bit further. My dad and, and my mom as well graduated from a Bible college in Joplin called Ozark Christian College. And my dad was pastoring uh, small churches, um, little country churches as I was growing up. I think from the time I was born till I, I left the house, probably three different churches. Yeah. 
And so I was exposed to a lot of ministry in small town church mm-hmm. where my parents, you know, they kind of did it all. Dad was the pastor, right. maybe also the janitor, printed the yeah. bulletins. Right. Mom was helping lead worship. The youth group consisted yeah. of four of us and three of us were Gabrellis. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So yeah. that was that was my upbringing. That was my exposure to ministry. And um, man, to be real honest with you, um, I never really thought about ministry as a career. So right. my first job was at a grocery store in Bella Vista that was called Consumers at the time. Most people don't know that. It's Allen's Grocery Store now. Oh, okay. That was okay, a Consumers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my dad was bivocational, so I would do landscaping with him. Right. He got me a job at a tree farm that's no longer there in Centerton. It's called Friars Tree Farm by a guy named Steve Fryer. So I, I've got a lot of kind of background and experience in landscaping because that was yeah. my, my first gig. The consumers thing, I was a cashier. Right. You know, that maybe lasted eight months. I had to get outside. <laughs> right. just, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't do that anymore. But Well, I mean, uh, that kind of speaks to like personality and probably drives you um, because after that, is that when you get into construction? It is. Yeah. yeah. So I went from tree farm and landscaping to um, to after school, getting out of school early a little bit as a junior yeah. senior. And I was doing construction with right. my now father-in-law, Dave Roberts. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Sure. So now father-in-law. Yeah. But what was the what was the relationship then? Did you and Amanda know each other in school, or did this was this like you're working with your boss and all of a sudden, you know, the, a vision <laughs> a vision appears and you're like, look at his daughter, boss, on those, uh, fourteen years labor for you know being able to marry, you know, yeah, so for whatever. sure. Uh, we Amanda and I were friends in high school. Our youth groups, again, small youth groups. She was right. at a small church as well. We're affiliated with the same church camp. Right. So we were friends and then we started the whole dating thing, you know, as uh 16 year olds or whatever. Right. And uh so I started dating her and I think I went on a ski trip with her family and her dad was like, Hey, if you ever want to stop working at the tree farm, I could put you to work. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my I'm thinking I'm sure that I'm sure he'd love to put you to work. I, yeah. It, right. He probably would, but you know, in my teenage mind, I'm going, Hey, this is more access to his daughter. <laughs> right. Like, right. Yeah, 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 sure. I'll take a job with you. I'll see Amanda more often. Right. Done. Done. <laughs> right. You're working for uh, your future father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hit the end of high school. Mm. Um, what's the plan and kind of push us into, um, you're in construction, you're, you're pursuing life. And then, uh, you obviously don't do that anymore. You work at a church. So what was the transition? What was the shift for you? Oh my goodness. There's a lot in there. Um, yeah, working for my father in law. So I, there wasn't a big plan. I am not a plan ahead guy. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a day at a time. God, where do you want right. me? Kind of eyes always open to where the father's leading sort of guy. I had some scholarship up to Ozark Christian College where I mentioned my parents had graduated. I loved that college. We were affiliated with it through our different youth groups and stuff. Right. And so, man, if it's paid for, why not go up there? So right, yeah, I, yeah. I went up to OCC, and honestly, what I experienced was a bunch of a bunch of guys that I met and just fell in love with different friendships and had an amazing time. But what I experienced was other people who knew exactly what they were being called to do. I need those people's numbers because uh, those are unicorns. You are not kidding. Yeah. You're not kidding. But I mean, it's like I was rooming with guys. It was like, man, I feel called to be a lead pastor. I feel called to mm. children's. I feel called to worship. And right. I was up there going, I feel called to use this free scholarship money. <laughs> right. and, you know, it's like yeah. take some classes and hang yeah. out and go bowling right. on Monday nights, you know? Right. Uh-huh. Um, so needless to say, 
Um, or actually it's probably not needless to say, I'll just let you know, man, I was, I was back and forth in this tension of, I don't have a plan. I don't know God's plan for my life. Right. All these other people do. I must not be normal. Mm. Um, I still had a job in construction waiting on me if I wanted it. Right. I was still right. working it here and there on weekends. Right. So what did I do? I bailed out of this. I don't have a plan. Why am I at Bible college? And I jumped into, um, uh, into the world of construction. Sure. And I, and I hit it full force. And at that age, you know, making good money and I'm a hard worker and I'm learning and I'm getting to use my hands. Um, I was like, I can hang out here until I really understand what God's plan is for my life. That lasted a whole lot longer than I would have ever thought as far as that construction time. As you look back on that though, I think some people would be tempted to say, man, I I didn't know what I wanted and I wasted two Mm. or three years or five years or whatever it was pursuing this. And now I finally landed, but doesn't God, use every part of our life and take us through everything. Like everything we do is part of just growing and, and getting to where we're going to be. Um, to kind of speak to those years in construction and frame out how you view those. Man, honestly, now being in the church as my primary vocation mm-hmm. and looking for ways to get outside of the church to be right. around more individuals, I look back at that time at the opportunities that I had that, mm. that weren't wasted, but man, sure. had I known what I know now, right. what would I have done different? So I look right. back at those times, and I do remember incredible conversations with other subcontractors because I was walking with the Lord at that time. I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. Right. You know, So I'm in the world of construction, and before Grace Point was ever in the picture, you know, where we are now, we use terms like live sent. Sure. But back then, now that I look back, I'm like, you know, there, I was living sent, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing it with an intentionality that I wish I would have been oh, sure. knowing where I am now. Right. But, um, yeah, man, I, I learned a lot. My character grew. Um, Amanda and I got married young during that time when I was in construction and right. learned, had to learn how to, how to manage money. Um, oh, right. How to invest, yeah. how to save when you're self-employed and you don't know where the next check is coming right. from. Like you got to be wise with that stuff. Right. Uh, so God, God taught us a lot. We had kids during that time. Uh, or, sorry, the first two kids yeah. during that time, right? <laughs> round, the, round one the and first two. Lifetime of kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's crazy because now the skills that I get to use that I that I learned that were um, just developed in me through those years, I, I get to put those to use in a lot of ways now. Right. Oh and, yeah. And so how how many guys with construction background are serving? As pastors now, right? You know, as I right, that's kind of a strange. And as you branch out and figure out how we can, how our church can be um, effective in our community and also globally, those skills and the, that knowledge and that uh, ability does come into play too. Um, so Pete Finfrock gets you to switch careers. I need to know what is the pitch that Pete is able to do to pull you off a roof and yeah. into a church office. So let me tell you, there's there's no pitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ladies first. Amanda starts serving at Grace Point in the youth ministry. Okay. And Wednesday night, her going into serve in the youth ministry is my night to stay home with our first son. Right. Like, this is great. Yeah, you go serve. I'm hanging out with my little guy, right? <laughs> right. Little by little, she's like, Caleb, you would love this. So it's Amanda who draws me into youth ministry. Wow. We're serving in youth ministry just as volunteers. Being self-employed, I say to the youth pastor, hey, I can I can allocate as much time as you could use me. Right. I just want as much of this as you'll possibly give me because I was right. falling in love with student ministry. Right. So little by little, serving in the youth ministry, Pete Finfrock comes around with this vision. Him and Mike are going to plant a multi-site in Rogers, and right. Pete says, "Hey, Caleb, you've been falling in love with the student ministry. Right. How would you feel about coming over here and kind of checking this out and sure. starting this up with me?" That was the very first thought of ever doing anything other than construction. Right. That would be like okay, specific times of the week. 
Right. Now I got to balance bivocational. Right. And so that, I mean, it, it seems like it's just growing out of a, um, a heart call to students right. and, and a heart call for ministry in general yep. um, that maybe was outside of your control a little bit because you didn't control Amanda falling in love with student ministry either, or like serving in student ministry either. That was just kind of a good example, I think, of how the Spirit of God moves us um, to our next phases and our next steps and different yeah. things like that. Um, so you're in students, you're with, um, you're with Pete, you, you, you guys launch, yep. uh, Grace Point Rogers, um, where you're now here and you're not in student ministry. Um, what was the transition? You mm. specifically focus on global missions and local missions. So missions, um, you also hold a navigator role for mm. our church. So I want to first speak to the missions because, even when I came on at Grace Point, I think it's a testament to, or it's, it's the way a lot of staff members felt about this. the The global adventure ethos of Grace Point was uh, like a huge, played a huge role in my interest and others people's interest as well. And that's the story I hear from lots of OG uh, mm. Grace Point. Uh, I guess that'd be OGPC members. Yeah, um, and that that's what my their feedback to me. So why don't you talk about? Um, the transition from student ministry into global missions, um, and I guess uh, Mosaic, sure. which is our, our local sure. uh, foster and adoptive um, effort. Uh, let me just say this. Um, the God, I'll, I, I refer to him as the Father all the time, so just hang with right. me. The, the Father has a way of getting done what he wants to happen. Absolutely. Right? Like, we, we submit to that. A lot of my story, I feel like I was running from God. Mm. Like just not giving any attention in a Bible college, had scholarship. I kind of just ran away from God. Yeah, I didn't know the plan, but a part of me I know deep in my heart, seeing my dad and what he went through. I don't know if I want that. Right. Construction looks easier. Right. Uh, I end up in student ministry. Uh, from from the time we get over there, and I'm helping Pete. I love and Amanda loves that senior high class. Mm. Um, when Grace Point Rogers closed the door, a position was offered to me, a full time position to come back to Bentonville, this campus. Right. And start what? A junior high ministry. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and hey, my heart said, absolutely. Which didn't make sense. Right. Uh, for the longest time, I was like, I want nothing to do with junior high kids. I right. like senior high. Oh, God's calling me to junior high. Right. So we, we launched junior high ministry alongside a good friend, Wade Bryant, who poured so much into me. We have this booming youth ministry going for almost right. four years. I'm doing this in Bentonville. We got a junior high run in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, ninth through 12th grade. Uh, the numbers are up, God's moving. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I, I feel comfortable. I can do this. I found my sweet spot. And one, one day, uh, Mike taps me on the shoulder and he goes, Hey, I want you to pray about something. Oh, uh, okay. What you got? Yeah. Hey, I want you to pray about the missions position. Absolutely <laughs> not. I don't want, I'm, I found right. my sweet spot. It's taken me four years to, right. to figure out what I'm doing here. I don't want to do anything like that. So I, I said, no, not interested. Like immediately. He said, hey, I asked you to pray. I didn't ask you. I just said, I asked you yeah. to pray about it. I didn't offer you a job, right? Right. So I just started praying about it. And over a process of at least three to four months, I found myself starting with running from something and stiff arming it right. to like running to it like this is where God wants me. Yeah. And now the details are in there are crazy because we had a pastor named Randy Willis who... If anyone is a missions pastor, this guy screams. He was born in Indonesia. Right. Like his dad's a legend with the International Mission <laughs> Board, right? Yeah. Like he knows missions, and he did the same thing um, in obedience to the Father. He moved from being Grace Point's missions pastor to moving into a different role, mm. which left this vacant role that Mike says, I want you to pray about. So right. when the Father does something, it doesn't make sense. Right. So Randy was a huge advocate in starting Mosaic. Right. 
with volunteers within our church. Right. We had incredible volunteers leading Mosaic, which was created to support foster and adoptive families. Right. So when Randy leaves that, so here's what's handed to me. Hey, take Mosaic and take global visions, uh, missions to the next level. Right. I'm like, who takes global missions beyond <laughs> where Randy Willis could right. to another level, right? Yeah. This guy's the epitome of missions. But right. um, it was the same thing I walked into with student ministry is the unknown. God saying, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm going to equip you. You just have to say yeah. yes. Right. So that that was that was kind of how it went, and I circle back to Mike every little bit, saying, "Hey, I'm still praying. Hey, I'm still praying." And then next thing you know, I'm I'm turning to my leadership team in the student ministry that I'd been developing for four, nearly four years, saying, "Hey, guys, man, I feel like I'm going to break your hearts as your leader. I'm still in the church, but I'm I feel shifting over here." Yeah. And every single one of them who I thought would like I, my flesh said they're going to be mad at me. Right. They're going to be upset. Every one of them said, "I can't believe it took you this long." Yeah. It's just a, even further proof, though, what God is calling us to, He's preparing us for. That's right. Right? And yeah. He's going to provide. And one of my favorite expressions yeah. of faith out of Romans is that faith is being fully convinced that whatever God has promised, He can perform. Um, and so mm. just being able to look at where we are as, yeah. as how is God preparing us and um, just a testament to how God uh, can also provide in that. Uh, I think it's a, it's a beautiful story yeah. um, there. So let's talk about... Your role as um, a navigator okay. for our church, um, you do. You're over um, a bucket of ministry for our church that includes not only global adventures and mosaic, but also uh, helps advocate for our GP students ministry team. Yeah. Um, and so, talk about. Um, I think. I think I'd be interested in hearing. Um, one, the balancing act right now, and and I know that COVID is interesting, <laughs> hmm. uh, has really um, taken over the global aspect of mission work. But but maybe just generally talk about like balancing global global missions and how you can uh, help even help speak into student ministry things. Sure, balancing those two responsibilities. Sure, yeah. So at Grace Point, um, internally we have these three different buckets, right? Yeah. Um. So connection, community, and core. And in that core bucket, as you mentioned, I'm I'm uh, I'm getting to be at the forefront of all things local and global missions. Um, I'm also I, I'm overseeing our facilities and our benevolent care ministries and some things like that. But also in there is that GP student team, right? And I, I've got experience with that, right? So it's right. kind of up my alley, even though I feel like I've aged out to some extent, <laughs> right? But um, I get to just help coach those guys because they're doing a great job. But um, we've got Devin, we've got Kevin, and then we've got Ann, and then Ellie Trawick is even there um, helping do some things. So um, anything that I can do to support them in the vision that they have, that they feel like God is leading that student ministry, right. I do. So um, I, every now and then I speak. Yeah. Um, I'm just there to help uh, mobilize different volunteers and equip yeah. them. I, yeah. I've got experience with that. And so giving right. them even some encouragement on how to turn to their leaders and encourage them. Right. How to equip them. Like, yeah. wh- And then from a parent perspective, too, the communication aspect. Uh-huh. Like, I get to see both sides, right? Like, right. hey, here's some areas I have not done good with communication. And right. as a parent, I would love it if I knew what my student was being invited to sure. or what was happening in those homes. Sure. Yeah. So, I think it's a, it is a big deal for you to have that perspective. But how I've been kind of uh, thinking about this myself of, as how to interact with navigation, like navigating this is really advocation, uh, right? It's like advocating for um, the things that are within your bucket. So like being a student ministry advocate yeah. um, while also at the same time having to lead and be the, the main advocate for um, what's an essential part of the Grace Point DNA, which is uh, GAs, you know, yeah. Global Adventures. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have that testimony of like, well, I went to, uh, you know, 
Greece, well, uh, West Africa, Africa Zambia, or whatever. Yeah, or, sure. Uh, I don't know if we can say those. Yeah, uh, you can exactly. say them. Sure. So we went. I went to Greece. I went to Zambia. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I went to um, East Asia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And God changed me. Like, yeah. That's just such a big part of it. Like lots of people here at Grace Point. Yeah. Um, just quickly, I don't think we want to dwell on 2020 at all, but like quickly, um, you know, global adventure through 2020 was not a thing just because mm. of COVID and, and speak to that just a little bit, but then what's ahead for us yeah. in that? Um, let me back up just real quick. Cause you were talking about uh, uh, navigating that yes. but over here, advocating for this. Sure. How cool though, that the next generation, um, man, I get to help influence the thought of what if this next generation, right. Um, what if God is calling them somewhere else? What if God is calling mm. them globally? Right. right. So I get to like start helping with that thought process at a young age. Right. And a lot of our young people, their parents have gone on these global ventures mm. you're talking about. So it's just right. naturally this conversation that's there. Right. Um, so, you know, 2020, uh, while we might not have physically gotten to go because things drastically change quickly, it's uh, once again, the father's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Absolutely. And man, the yes. things he's taught us in prayer. And for the longest time, we said, hey, look, going, uh, the Great Commission of going and making disciples, it's kind of three parts. It's uh, going, praying, giving. Yeah. We, we've always said that, right? Yeah. But what do we love doing the most? Go. Oh, we love going. Yeah. No, no. So 2020, and even now as we're getting into 2020, 2021, has been a season where it's like God reminding, hey, these two things are extremely important. And the generosity of our church going into a Christmas offering where we have been praying for a specific people group out of East Asia, right. and then we get to give, to leverage our giving to go towards a scripture translation of yeah. a specific people group. Right. So 12 weeks of prayer, saying, right. will we devote ourselves to praying for one specific group and then giving right. towards that? Uh, you know, global missions exist, just we're not going. But if, right. we, if we're going to believe what we've always said about go, pray, give... And we're still yeah. doing two thirds of that. Absolutely. I mean, shame on us if we would ever even think, man, it just sucks. We can't go. No, God's just introducing new ways right. to make disciples of all nations right. through the power of our prayers, our giving, yeah. and opening our eyes here locally. And it's been very, it's been great and healthy for us. But very unfortunate how revealing 2020 has been in in many of those aspects, right? Yeah. Of the things that we've been leaning on to be our main motivators, um, and sure. then maybe even revealing a lack of. Um, disciplines in these other areas, like praying, like giving, and yeah. seeing the importance of those. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm, I'd love to know from you, over the last year, what's something that stands out to you? You just mentioned um, the Little Horse People mm. and um, doing the giving initiative around translating Genesis. So if this is the answer, that's fine. Um, but what's something over the last year that we've been able to accomplish as a church that, that stands out to you that you think is um, exciting, um, that's interesting that you'd like to see maybe more of in the future or something. You know, I, I really think you gave it away right there. So in right. in twenty uh, in twenty nineteen in twenty nineteen in October of twenty nineteen is when we took a small team to East Asia. Is when we laid yeah. eyes on what East Asia could be for our church, and we yeah. came back and we didn't we didn't know what God was doing with that. And for me personally, shortly after that, and then going into the new year of 2020, I went on sabbatical. Right. And so I'm sitting here exploring, God, what are you calling me to do in my life? I know I need to rest. I need to be a better leader of my own family. If I am to return back into the position that I've been serving in, mm -hmm. what does that look like? And what are you doing with that trip that we went on with those right. eight people to East Asia? Right. So time, time, time goes by. Our little team keeps praying. 
And then we talked to some of the missionaries that have been serving in East Asia saying, hey, we've given you guys a ton of space. We right. want to introduce to you something that we think maybe is how the Father's leading, just for you to pray about this opportunity. Right. So it was introduced to us almost twofold. Here's this whole valley of people where there's one known believer, and here's some translation that there's momentum around, around yeah. but there's finances that need to happen for that translation to continue. And there's not another church in the world, to their knowledge, that's praying for this valley of people. Right. And so that that was handed over to us. So you asked, like, what is a highlight from 2020? What stands out? Man, that stands out because whenever I got into missions at Grace Point, some people, this will be a blast from the past, other people back have never heard of it, Mali, West Africa, mm. a place that we're no longer going, we went to for 10 years yeah. and sent um, over 150 different individuals from our church wow. to, yeah. to to join what God was doing there. Right. Um, so being able to go to East Asia, then come back here and see the Father mobilize an entire church around prayer and giving, yes. it yeah. just brings back what He did through us previously in West Africa. Right. And that excites me because I saw the fruit of that labor. Right. So I'm anticipating God... As we enter into this, and we've been praying, and we've been giving, this yeah. isn't a one-time, boom, we're done, we prayed, we gave, it right. goes away. It goes, yeah. God, what's what's coming? So that excites me. I think that's an important um, piece to that, is that Grace Point partners that's right. with mission work. Yeah. We don't do mission work, we partner with that's it. That's right. And uh, that's that's a that's something that was unique, uh, again, as I consider me coming here, saying these are like real partnerships as real people I've experienced getting on the ground and not knowing who I was going to connect with on the other side. And every now and then that happens. Right. But I love the idea of someone hitting the ground and have seen, seen that person's face before, you know, and like that partnership mm -hmm. and what that brings to it. Uh, let me ask you this question real quickly as we wrap up. Do you believe, do you really believe, I guess that missions is a critical part of the grace point DNA? Is a oh absolutely is a critical part of it. Um, it is our DNA. Yeah, I mean when you've got you got Pastor Mike and his wife and his family who came off of a mission field, right? To come back here and start a church where we are so blessed as a church is this church started with the DNA of missions, right? And so there's a man. There are so many churches that there's pastors fighting for the importance of missions, mm. trying to get people interested to like go on a trip, right? Uh, we've never had that battle here, yeah. Because part of who we are is to send out, right? And to to share the gospel. I mean, you right. you, you know that we say every single Sunday, live sent, live right? Sent, right. Uh, yeah. Where you live, work, learn, and play, go show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people, right? Um, we uh, we like you said, man, we like to partner, but critical, yeah, it's who we are. Yeah, it's not critical to being a part of Grace. It, Taylor, it's who we are. It's who we are, right? Yeah. And and I would say, um, and I would love some verification. On this, that um, as you look throughout the history of Grace Point, the times that God has blessed has been on the heels of or in the middle of um, Grace Point taking the most risk and stepping out the most and doing that uh, on that global stage uh, through Mosaic. Mm. And uh, there's just something that, that we get as believers whenever we're being a part of the Great Commission in a, in a very real, actually follow-through way. Yeah. And I think that ahead, Grace Point moving forward, um, we have to, we have to continue. Absolutely. Right? We yeah. have to continue. And remember that that's, 
that is in our DNA. It's who we are. Yeah. And if we're going to thrive as a church, that it's going to have to be through um, stepping out and experiencing global missions and, and local mission as well. Absolutely. Yeah, th- man, there are unreached people groups all over the world right? Uh, where that means less than 2% of an entire people group are followers of Jesus. Mm. I have taken a number of people across the world to only return to Northwest Arkansas and say, Caleb, it took me going all the way there <laughs> to come right. back here and share the gospel with my right. own neighbor. Right. Uh, that's that's the win right there. I mean, Absolutely. we're not we're not going over and going, hey, eight people were saved. Like that that'd be amazing. Right. But as we go over and we partner and we encourage believers mm-hmm. in other places, the people that we get to disciple and see God open the eyes of along the way. I right. was one of those people. And so to right. come back here and to live for Jesus in our hometown right. is one of the biggest wins of going across the nation to right. go, wow, look at what God's doing among these people. Yeah. I want to go do that back home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say as we move into this next year, um, that global adventure opportunity is going to continue. There's going to be another opportunity. God will not allow the door to be shut on getting on a plane. And um, so if you want to know more uh, and and want to stay up to date or something like that, I'm sure Caleb would love more advocates to come along and uh, be excited about global adventures, more av- advocates to come along and be excited about Mosaic, which yeah. is uh, our foster and adoptive ministry that um, in a future episodes, we'll be able to hopefully dive into more of those Excellent. things and, yeah. and, and learn more. Um, but if you want to know more of those things, contact Caleb. Uh, it's Caleb at gracepointchurch.net. Or you can come by and say hi on Sunday morning. He's somewhere usually in the gallery. He's one of the tallest people out there. So yeah, you, you can't can, miss me. You can't miss you him. Can't miss me. Um, he's also got um, a parade of four kids with him. So, or, <laughs> or you can go see Cade and his son in the cafe and get some coffee. That's, that's right. He's opening that thing up each Sunday, man. <laughs> Getting coffee brewing. That's right. Uh, Caleb, I appreciate you um, sitting, sitting with us. Um, as we end this episode, remember, uh, you want to subscribe to Grace Point Direct in uh, whatever avenue, whatever medium that you consume podcasts. Uh, and more importantly, remember that we want to show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live sin.